And I got a very special guest today. It's my little brother, Mario Pantoa. And he's, uh, and the reason I want to have him on is because we talk a lot about wealth building. We talk about, you know, building wealth through different ways. And one of the ways that people mostly talk about is building through business, stocks, investing. But a lot of times we don't talk about the, the way that most people build wealth is through a nine to five, right? So, well, how you doing today, Mario? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. All right. So, um, so yeah, like we were just like we were saying, we were just talking about. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about it before we have conversation between me and you. Uh, but a lot of times, people like, especially online, you know, gurus and stuff online say you need to quit your nine to five. You need to, you know, you need to quit that nine to five, start a business. It's a lot of pressure. And I'm sure you've gotten it too to start a business and quit your job, right? So, but you've been able to be very, very successful by moving up the corporate ladder. And I'm a person, you know, what I'm saying is that people know my background is that I worked for AAA for many years. You know, AAA, I was a software engineer for AAA. And, um, and that was one of the best jobs I ever had. And that's one job that really set me up to be where I'm at today. Without that job, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I would have never made it, right? So I'm a person that says, look, man, you don't have to quit your job. If you want to, you can quit it. You may, you get to a point, a certain place, you can quit it. But if you want to, you know, you want to keep that job, you like to secure your job and you want to build wealth through investing, real estate and other stuff, side hustles, that's okay too, right? And a lot of people don't say that, right? And I think the reason is because, uh, you know, some people that say these things are, were probably at one point unemployable themselves, right? <laughs> so your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's a different way to be able to get, um, get, create wealth. Um, just like you said, I, well, the way that I've done it is, uh, I've been able to move around from different location to location. Uh, so I started, you know, by getting into college, uh, going for business, going for my master's. Uh, and then I moved from Tennessee to, to Utah. Then that was my first, you know, big so how, how, let me get this. So you say you moved around a lot, right? So how yeah. does that help you in, in your career path? So by moving around, it just allows you to kind of widen your experience. So when I lived in Utah, it's completely different than when you live in Kentucky because the labor laws and everything are different. And then when you move to California, it's completely, totally different. So it just makes you more marketable, makes you have more tools in your in your so toolbox. Being more marketable, does that relate or convert over to salary? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so when you're able to do different things, you're able to impact your organization in different ways. Uh, so it allows you to, to, to be more marketable and be able to ask for a, a higher salary. All right. So let me ask you a question. I got a few questions here, right? So you said that... Uh, you know, you get a, you a higher salary, but you can get a higher salary, but it's also because of your value to the company, right? So that's the thing a lot of people don't understand is that, first of all, I want to I I backtrack a little bit. Mario is also an HR manager, right? He has a, well, tell me about your qualifications in HR. I forget them myself. I'm your brother, but I forget <laughs> them because I'm, I'm so used to you. So Yeah, so, so the way that I was able to get into HR is based off of when I was in college, I did an internship in human resources. Yeah. And while working on my internship, I went for a couple of HR certifications. I got a you know PHR, and I got a uh, you know a, a Society of Human what's a, Resources. What's a PHR? PHR is uh is called a Professional in Human Resources from this uh, Human Resources Certification Institute, and then I also have a certification from the Society of Human Resources Management, uh, which I'm a certified professional through them. And okay. then I was able to get you know an internship, and then I also you know went to college for for business, which I took HR courses, which allowed me to get my first position in in All human right. resources. So you think a lot of that perspective on HR, you can, you, would you like, let's say for example, does that help you in your own career? Like to understand how that process works and everything like that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because when you, in my own career, I, I help people to place people in positions because as an HR manager, you kind of serve as a recruiter too. So you, you manage the recruiting function. So in order to kind of model uh, what other careers, because there's certain you know certifications that you're looking for, for people who work in software, you know, engineers, uh, people who work in finance, you know, you have a CPA if you work in finance. So every, every profession, they have different types of certifications. You just have to figure out what those are and understand what the barriers to entries to get in there. And then you can successfully place people in positions. And that's what I do as HR. All right. So since you got a lot of insight on that, right, there's a lot of people out there that's like, I get a lot of questions, right? Because I help people with tech careers, right? And uh, and I actually, it was a young lady that was a part of my mentorship and she started out at, uh, she was making 60000 in New York, right? Then over the next two years, I got her from 60000 to 250000 She started working at Amazon, right? And we were able to do that because I told her she to quit her job to negotiate hard and do all those things, right? So to get that job up, get that salary up, right? Because that's really what the goal is. People want a high salary. People want to give value to the company, but they also want a high salary. That's what that's what building wealth is, right? So there's nothing wrong with that. So let me ask you a few questions. Like you talk about moving around, Right. So does that increase, like, let, get, um, let, let's go back. Tell me the, the biggest thing you could possibly do to get your salary up fastest as possible. So for me, it was, in, and I guess if anybody you talk to who's a professional, they'll probably say the same thing. If you stay within the same organization, you're going to get small increases as you move up the corporate ladder. Yeah. But if you bounce around from one company to the next company, that makes you more marketable to other companies because you understand the way that different companies do business and how they operate. And you can bring those skills to the organization. And they're also able to give you top dollar as you move from one company to the next. But you know, from anybody that I've talked to, people, HR professionals, other industries, when you go from one company to the next uh, and you're able to move around, you're able to, 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 to relocate to different areas, you're able to, to ask for a higher dollar amount. So the flexibility makes you uh, more marketable, right? Absolutely. So if I can move, like, let's say, for example, I can move to Alaska right now. So <laughs> and, I, and I move back from Alaska down to California and I move around. So it's going to keep my salary going up, right? And why, why is that again? You said it's because, uh, because you, you, you learn skills in those companies. It makes you more marketable, right? So if you stay in one company, what, what, what happens if you just stay at the same company? So there's a couple of things that you, you run into if you stay at the same company. For example, if, if I want my boss's job, my boss may be there to retirement. And what yeah. if he's 40 years old? I'm going to have to wait until he <laughs> retires over the next 20, 25 years. That's what a lot of people do, though. <laughs> before I'm able to move up. But if I open my, my range of what I'm looking at to other companies, I'm able to move in where the vacancies are, whether that's, you know, wherever I live in the city or outside of the state or wherever. You're able to move into those positions a lot faster. But that's, that's what people do, though. They stay at these jobs, man, and they're like, I'm just going to stay here. And, and, and then they get angry, right, because they want they think they should have their boss's job. Right, and they get mad and bitter. But mm-hmm. th- 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 now tell me this. So let's say I'm a person, I'm coming up, I'm real good at what I do, right? So my manager is not as good as me, right? And I want his job. Now, what's the odds of me? What, what's, a, what's a better thing for me to go somewhere else to get another job or me to try to take his job? It's absolutely to go somewhere else and get another job. So what you should do is try to learn as much as you can from your boss, try to help him to relieve the responsibility. So if he did was to leave the, the company, you can move into his positions, but just trying to, to learn and understand and, and help to, to move the organization in the right direction. And uh, the better way, again, it's, it's to go to other companies and become you know the boss at, at a different organization. But you can't organization. take his job. Is that almost impossible? <laughs> 
Why? Why can I take his job? <laughs> well, it, it really depends. Uh, you could potentially if he's if he's an incompetent manager. How, how incompetent does he got to be before I take his job? It depends on what that person's manager perceives as that person's performance uh, is, and, and what their ex- expectations are, and what they're able to to allow. Yeah. So let me ask you. Like you talked about perception, man. Is that perception is a big part of it, right? Sometimes it's a saying that says perception is reality, right? So let me tell me some. Uh, is, do you think that's true in the corporate world? Yeah, absolutely. Perception is completely reality because there's it's very, very difficult to measure what success looks like in a lot of different positions. So it's really, uh, you know, how likable you are, how 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 you connect with other people, how you're able to to build relationships. All of those kind of things transition into being a successful performer. So uh, absolutely, it's completely subjective. Uh, your, your perception's reality because there's really no a unified, defined way how to measure performance in certain positions. So, like, I come from software engineering, man. A lot of people, a lot of software engineers, you get mad because they feel like, hey, man, I can program better than this dude. Or he getting all the promotions because just because everybody like him. <laughs> now, <laughs> people get mad behind that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but now, but is that is that valid to be mad, angry? Because, look, man, I'm a better person. I'm a better programmer, for example. I'm a better CPA. I'm a better lawyer than this dude over here. But somehow he keeps moving up because he's likable. He's going to lunch with people. He, he's going to sporting events with these people. So is that you think that's fair or do you think that's just how it is? Well, uh, it's it's not fair if, if that's what's happening. But uh, how do we know that that person's really a better performer? I mean, is it what w- what makes that person a better performer versus this other person? Is that just that that person's perspective, or is it as the other person's perspective is they're a better programmer? So again, it goes back to to perspective. And the perspective of, of the person who's making the decisions is the, really where the perspective that's matters. Where, that's where it matters, then, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? So let's say we go back to that. Uh, okay, so you, you said one of the, one of the tips to, to moving your, ahead in your career was moving around, the flexibility to be able to go wherever you're needed, right? So that's that, that makes you be able to control you know, your salary, uh, I guess your salary trajectory, right? So the second thing, and we talked about this before, is negotiation. Right. And a lot of people are they they feel like like let's say I go to a job. Right. And you, you're you're an HR. You offer me 50,000. You know, it's 50,000. dollars. You know, you say, well, I'm going to offer you 50,000. dollars. Should I, should I always negotiate or should I not negotiate? Now, what would make me what would be a, what would be the cases in which I would negotiate versus when I wouldn't? I, I, let's let's start over. I, I, I apply to a job. Right. So I apply to this job. Uh, I get, you know, we go through the interviews. They say, look, we give you an offer letter. They give you an offer letter. Say, look, this is what your pay is. Should I always negotiate? Well, the, the worst that could happen is they say no, right? But you should come in and have a valid reason as to why you're wanting to negotiate. I wouldn't say always negotiate, but you should look at, you know, what value are you bringing? What uh, is it going to take for you to, to, to get there financially from where you're coming from? And then make the decision on if if they can get to where you want to go. Um, then you make the decision on if you want to change companies or not. So if I negotiate, it's not like they're going to tell me they don't, I'm dumb. They're going to re- retract the, the offer letter, right? Does that ever happen? <laughs> well, it, it's very rare that it happens, but it can happen. There's uh, Throughout my career, I've been in HR over 10 years, and it's only happened one time. And why did that happen? It was just based off of the person who was making the decision. Oh, they, uh, okay, okay. They, they they decided that they wanted to pull their offer off of the table. Like, was it anger that did it? Like, <laughs> no. Like, it was how just, dare this dude ask for more money? It was just a matter of like frustration uh, oh, okay, in terms okay. of wanting to just move on from that candidate to move along to the next to the next candidate. There was it available. was another candidate. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you almost got to know how in demand you are. 
Now, was that an in-demand job, a real in-demand job? The the job was in demand based off of where it was located. The job was in Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, so there wasn't a, a lot of companies that offered that type of position uh, yeah. in that area that paid that well. So there was a lot of people who did that type of work, but there wasn't a lot of companies that offered oh, that type, type okay. of position. So that's where uh, that's where that, that job was uh, a little bit you know more higher in demand than it would be if, if that if, if everybody was looking on a national scale. All right, so we got back to what we're saying is that the way we increase our salary, build wealth through a job is first be flexible, be able to move around, uh, be able to, you know, to take advantage of geographic locations, take advantage of different company structures and move away. You can move up quickly like that. Now, how long should you stay at a job? So generally, they'll say you should stay there from two to three years because uh, depending on, you know, the level of the organization that you're at, uh, you know, when you're first learning a position, let's say you're an intern, apprentice type position, uh, maybe a year or so, you, you understand, you move on. But when you get into to leadership roles, uh, you want to stay in the organization because, you know, in order to change a culture, they say it normally takes anywhere from three to five years. And that's what you're ultimately doing in the department that you're in. So the first year, you know, you're just trying to find out where the restrooms are. You're trying to find this very basic fundamental stuff and understand the company's culture. The second year is where you really start gaining ground. And then the third year is where you can start to put in processes that can be sustainable even after you leave the organization. So so anywhere from 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 three to five years in leadership positions, but the more junior positions, maybe two to three years and then, you know, very entry level positions, maybe one to two. All right. So so far we got to if you want to increase your salary, you can move around. Be uh, to build, be flexible with your not only your 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 your, your geographic location, right? That's very important. Two is that you need to negotiate, right? In most cases, you should negotiate your salary. So you should only in three, we should stay at a job roughly, you know, on average two to three years, depending on a little bit more for leadership, a little bit less for entry level. Now, is there anything else uh, that that could possibly move your? Now, what about gaining new skills? What about going back to school? Now. I, is let's say I'm 40 years old. I'm 40, right? So let's say if I just want to say, look, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and get my master's degree now. How much impact would that have on a career? You think? I know you got your master's, but you got it early. But I'm saying once you're later on in your career, like I'm 40, 45, and I say, man, I'm gonna go ahead and get my master's. Now, is that in your experience was that a big career? With with to, to people you've seen, is that a big career boost after they get it that late? So not really a big career boost. Uh, it does make you you more credible um, based off of, you know, the things that you're talking about, the field that you're in. Uh, but it, it doesn't necessarily, you know, make you, you more marketable within the company that you are. A lot exactly. of times after you've been in that organization, what's going to make you marketable is the relationships, the performance, uh, what, what you've had with the, uh, with, the, with the people. So they say uh, it's, it's, they, there's an acronym that goes around, you know, different corporations called PI, Performance, uh, Impact, Exposure. Those are really the things that are going to help you to be able to advance and, and, and jump on the corporate ladder. So let's say, so if I'm working at a company and I got, I get, I go get a, that's what a lot of people get confused about. Now they get angry with, they'll be working at a company that say, look, man, I'm going to go get my master's. I'm move up. They go get their master's. Then they realize the company still ain't offering them stuff. They still not moving up. Is it because maybe they're too that the company sees them a certain way already, and that's it? So why does that happen so often? Like, like, uh, like I said, if I work for a company, I go out and get my degree, and nothing changes for me. So during the time that you're taking uh, going out to get the, the degree, uh, I would recommend spending that same time working for the company that you have. 
uh, you know, developing your skills. One of the things that I wish I would have done earlier on is being bilingual. You know, if I was an HR manager and I was able to speak Spanish, uh, that would not only make me more valuable to my company, but it would also make me, you know, more, more marketable to other organizations. So that's, you know, something that, you know, can really translate over into being able to, to, to be more valuable in a position, not necessarily going to go get a, you know, a master's degree in, in human resources at this point. And uh, the funny thing about that is that when uh, when I was in college, I actually told you that you needed to learn Spanish, and you didn't agree with me. So, <laughs> so, so I was right, right? So who listened? <laughs> so, so at that time, I really wanted to focus on getting out of college debt free. So I, that that was really my, my primary focus. So, and I was successful there. So. Uh, that's why I didn't take that. But like looking back, maybe I could have done things a little bit differently where I could have worked that in and being able to to, to become bilingual. But that yeah. was something that maybe I, I should have listened to it. Yeah. Yeah. See who listened. He should have listened. See? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but I, I did tell him that, though. All right. So like, so we got back to the thing is that you say you think by, like, in your career, bilingual would be a big, a big help. Right. Especially with um, so many, you know, the demographics of the United States changing so fast. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, so anything else that you think, uh, did, did you like, yeah, we got a question from Chris over here. What's the question, Chris? All right. So Chris, uh, Chris has a question and what he wanted me to ask is that, uh, he said that traditionally, you know, we've been taught that you're supposed to stay at one job for a long period of time. Right. So he was concerned is like, if I got all these jobs every year, two years, would that look bad to potential employers? Well, it could look bad. So, uh, like, for example, I could kind of tell you a little bit about what I've done. So I've in the last 13 years, I've actually only worked for two companies, but I've moved around within those companies. I moved to three different locations within within uh, Kroger and then also within Nestle. Uh, so if you're advancing and you're able to speak to why you're moving from one location to the next location or, or, or moving so from one to job to the next, yeah. you have to have a very good reason as to why you're moving uh, as to you know, you say I've, I've this was a better opportunity allowed me to gain this particular skill set. You know, if you say you know I, I went here for financial reasons, people they all understand it because who doesn't want more money, right? So you have to be able to explain why you're moving from one job to the next. Uh, and if you're able to do that, uh, employers they should be fine. But if you're talking about you know you're jump jumping ship every every year within a position, that's totally different. <laughs> With different jobs, years. right? <laughs> With different jobs. Let's say you know I start off as a software engineer for a year, then you move to HR for a year. And then you move into to production. Yeah, absolutely. That that's something that would be very very difficult to explain. And then people, uh, you know, kind of look at you, you know, negatively in, in that instance. But if you you can you 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 have a you know very um, process oriented way to way that you move from one position to the next. Uh, most employers they're gonna they're gonna understand why and they'll they'll be able to consider you for a position. Let me you know, let me ask a question again. So uh, Chris has a question he wants me to ask. Uh, so. With, with the rise of influences in the last four or five years, right? There's a lot of, you know, a lot of people that are influencers or content creators that are creating content and creating, you know, uh, a lot of things on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or whatever. And these people actually have careers and they work, especially with LinkedIn, it's people that work careers and have a lot of, you know, that, that, that are very active on that. Do you guys take that into account when you, uh, when you, when you look at a red, like let's say if somebody was very, very active on LinkedIn with a lot of followers writing articles, would there be a plus or a negative? You know, that's a, that's a very interesting question because, uh, you, you know, with, with large corporations, a lot of the things that starting to become more trendy and more popular, 
uh, with larger corporations, just because they're so big, there's so many people involved in it, it takes a long time for them to be able to to start to adapt to the new ways of of doing things. Uh, so you, then you get your your executive board and your, your your senior leaders in the organization. They're a lot older, so they're not really hip to what the new trends are and the new things are. So uh, the company that I work for now, we're actually just starting now to get into that stuff. We actually had a meeting a couple of weeks ago to talk about how can we uh, work, start working with influencers like, you know, Dwayne Johnson. And they're actually brought up, I don't remember the name of it. It was one of the, it was, it was a dog that's an influencer on, on somebody's page to kind of pull that person in uh, to pull the, the dog in to help us to, uh, to, to market some of our products. But Definitely now, uh, right now, the influencers being such a big thing and, and so hot, uh, our company is uh, starting to, to look at that and trying to see how we can leverage that to, to build our brand and, and, and start bringing in some of those people as consultants for our organization. Okay, so let's say somebody was like, let's say I want, let's say right now, like I got a pretty big following uh, relatively. So let's say right now, I w- like you were going to hire a software engineer, right? And I said, man, I don't want to do all the Instagram stuff no more. I'm going to be a, go back to being a software engineer, for, you know, full time. So I gave you my resume and you found my profile and stuff. Would that be a negative or a plus for you to hire me? Well, again, for, for me, it wouldn't be uh, a negative. Uh, but you, the person that you is going after the position that you're the hiring person, they'll go through your profile uh, and it just gives them more things to kind of scrutinize on your page. Uh, so it really just depends on what the perspective of that person is. So they'll they'll okay. go through and they'll 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 look at all of the different things on your page. That's why you know in, in certain instances people are very um, they're very selective about the stuff that they put online. It just gives them more of a of a look into into your life and kind of built their own perspective of what they believe that that is. All right. So um, so yeah. So uh, so let's go. Let's do a little recap, and I want to ask you a few more questions. So to Move ahead in your career to get that salary that you want, to increase your salary the fastest way. The first thing we said was that flexibility and geographic location. You got to have the ability to move around, the willingness to move around, right? The second was to negotiate, right? Whenever you get that offer, you negotiate in most cases. Third, we said, is that you move around jobs. You know, you want to keep a job two to three years, you do it, uh, you know, sometimes it could be more for leadership, less for entry level. And you said number four was the fourth one. I forgot. Uh, I think I forgot what was the fourth one. I think it was only three, though. Yeah, yeah it was only three. My bad. So I want to. With that being said, I want to ask some more questions. Right? How much Bitcoin do you got? <laughs> I don't have any Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, but I do invest in Mara. You Mara, uh, Mara, and what else? And what you got in, in the riot? I was doing riot, uh, and then I noticed that they were doing a lot of um, um. Um, uh, share offerings, so, yeah. so it started to impact uh, the price of the stock. So I just started to just solely focus on on Mara. Are you still in Mara, Mara? Uh, I actually, I just got out of it uh, uh, last week. Are you going back in then? <laughs> I am going to go back in. Now, well, tell it. There was walk us through the logic of why you going back in. Uh, so I, I think long term, uh, Mara. You know, obviously, it follows the uh, pattern of of how Bitcoin goes up, and it's uh, so. I have a lot of confidence in Bitcoin, so I think, you know, it's, it's almost a, a can't lose for me. So, uh, you know, even if, and I don't, I'm diversified, so I don't go in with all of my money or anything. Even if it was to drop for two or three years, I would just leave it in there, yeah. wait two or three years for it to recover, and I'd be fine. But uh, I just have a lot of confidence in, in, in what it's going to do long term. All right. So uh, what was your biggest investment ever? Uh, Didn't you, weren't you in Boeing last year? Yeah, I was in Boeing last year for a while. Uh, when the market uh, went down, I got Boeing for about $99 a share. Uh, and then I ended up selling it at like $220 oh, a share. When the good. market went down, 
Uh, I just, you know, bought a, you know, spent as much money as I could on, on different things because I, I felt like it was the recovery was, you know, underway. All right. All right. That sounds good, man. I appreciate having you. Appreciate you having you here in Dallas. And I hope, uh, and I appreciate uh, all of your helpful advice. Thanks. Thanks again, Mario. All right. Thanks for having me.